0: guys welcome back to the physique factory podcast and today we're going to run through injuries how to prevent them and rehab them and all that sort of stuff so where do you fancy jumping into this
1: i actually thought we were talking about conspiracy theories today i thought we were talking about antarctica and whether or not it was real
0: well we was doing leading up to this call weren't we <laughs> and what, what was <laughs> it what's a giant guy what was that
1: oh yeah yeah the guy that um what's his name andrew andrew dawson or something the guy that spotted the giant on top of the hill in uh, canada and now it's mysteriously dead look it up on a uh, tiktok that all, all the secrets of the world have actually been solved since tiktok came around
0: that's brilliant definitely download in fact no i, I deleted tiktok it's absolutely vile i fucking hate them. i got banned literally i started using it and i got banned because there's too many little fucking shitty cunts on there
1: <laughs> you were getting a lot of abuse weren't you
0: yeah so have you posted anything like about exercise and give it a good reason potentially why not to do that for a certain scenario or whatever people don't like it people get so emotionally attached to exercises but that's not what this podcast is about
1: <laughs> no no but anyway it's, it's what we like talking about but um like that's overhead press wasn't it that you put on that i think that's the one that, that got a lot of people triggered like you yeah. said that overhead press, like barbell press was not like the most optimal um in terms of shoulder o-
0: overhead press and that fucking kneeling pull down thing that why 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 would you do that it's evident so you can literally as soon as you go over the your body weight it's going to start pulling you up you're not restrained and you can't really get as much out of it probably mentioned it shit all of times on this podcast but as for yeah. the uh, the military press standing overhead it's sort of a similar thing you can't load it as much as you would do like seated because when you're pressing anything seated you're a lot more stable and with an increase in stability uh, results in any increase in like force production so um, that's the yeah. argument. It's not that's an argument it's facts right there that's
1: the thing though like he like I don't think he actually listened to you because he was just like you're bashing overhead barbell press it's like well no I'm just saying to do it seated
0: I'll fucking bash him
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's uh, that's attitude we want to avoid James when well, we're that, on, that's, uh, that's pretty
0: much what I've, I've reacted to anyway I was like that so apparently you can't be that abusive on it so I was saying All that right. you are got to murder someone, but <laughs> you get banned.
1: It's it's good, that, to be fair, because, um, I mean, we're trying to look like a professional business here, so I'm glad you got banned from that, actually. Sure you know that. Hopefully, I'll teach you a lesson. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, have you listen to half of our podcasts they are not professional? Well, they are, in somewhat, but, you know.
1: Yeah, we're casual about it. I call it casual. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's what I was
0: doing. I gave them a casual response on...
1: Uh, <laughs> response. The- I'll knock your fucking teeth out, mate.
0: <laughs> as long as there's no, there's no like things like there's no racism or something, religion, politics, then that's fine. Don't include any of those in yeah. business. And then
1: we'll, yeah. we'll say no more about the picture of neck that you made.
0: Uh, oh yeah, that, yeah. That
1: that was a bit too bad. He didn't like that one bit, did it? <laughs> no, like you can't blame the guy either. I wouldn't like it very much either. i <laughs> will yeah. it in good spirits. So, anyway, injuries, James. You're the man for injuries because you've had them all. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, mainly my knees. Everything else has been pretty like fine, but
1: yeah, it, yeah. We... Well, I'm, I'm I'm the opposite. Like I've had upper back, lower back, shoulder, um. And now I'm getting an e one. That's always good. Like I've got a knee niggle anyway right now. And I'm I'm aiming to keep it as a niggle. So should, do you want to just start by like literally going into how I'm trying to keep that as a niggle?
0: Yeah, we can do. I mean, or oh, we could look at what the possible reasons why it's turned into a niggle.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I mean, basically the 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 reason I think it's turned into a niggle, and you're not gonna like this. I think the vivos are playing a role, you know, the flat shoes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think my foot stability on my left foot is pretty poor in terms of, like, maintaining my arch. And you probably noticed if you've done, like, a heavy set on a hack squat or maybe a barbell squat or something like that, when you start to fatigue, you can sometimes notice your knees will start to come in. It happens to quite a lot of people, actually. Um, and a lot of that time, it can be down to the the, the muscles that maintain the arch in your foot that begin to fail and then when that fails you've got out um sorry your your ankle then starts to collapse inwards and then your knee starts to come inwards so yeah that um that can that can happen quite a lot i see it quite a lot in clients actually um that can be a dorsiflexion thing too i was going to say um, that because remember
0: when we we train together have you got an issue yeah. with dorsiflexion no not really Nothing like that. Well, to be fair, it was the last, like, two or three reps. Remember when we was doing the pendulum?
1: It's it's always always the later end of the set, which is why I think it's actually going to be, like, a foot stability thing more than an actual, like, ankle mobility thing. But um, yeah. I suppose, like, what are you looking at there, though? Like, we've got the knee where the, the issue potentially is. We're kind of starting from the bottom up, aren't we? We're I, starting from the foundation. The foot.
0: When you look at things like that, the knee – You've always got to look at the joints around that. So you look at like the hip and the ankle, uh, hip, ankle, and foot, and then just see what's going on with those because half of the time it might not be caused by anything. Well, it is going on at the knee, but something might be causing it at the hip or the, the ankle. So we need to think why, is, what's compensation is occurring to cause that issue at your knee. I think something worth
1: saying as well, like just when we've been on the note of the foot uh, sort of thing, I don't think a I, I... You know, a flat arch or your arch like collapsing is an issue. It's the knock-on effect of it. It's like the knees coming inwards. It's actually the issue, if that makes sense, because it's a part of normal foot motion.
0: That's it. I mean, like, what is it? It's um, eversion, isn't it? So it everts. Yeah. So or pronation. I I just want to say
1: I couldn't remember it there I was like, I'll let him say it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So it's pronation. the version pronation is the same thing. Literally, when the arch collapses, so your ang- your foot's rolling it in, and then your knees are likely to start following that. It causes a valgus, and then there's some like iffy forces across the knee. So that could what potentially that? cause an issue. What's is it?
1: There's a common name for valgus, isn't there? Um, is it knock knees? They call it? knock knees. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Someone had a client, yeah, I had a client yeah. uh, on a consultation he was like, oh, "I've got knock knees." I was like,
1: "The one where it goes inwards." And was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's it." yeah structurally this is like we're kind of getting on to you know the whole valgus thing here but um structurally that can come from the hip as well um particularly i want to say particularly in women you're right um, or i've seen this more in women anyway um if the so you've got your your thigh bone the femur and if the neck of that is long and at a certain angle it's it's going to push everything outwards if that makes sense i don't know if i'm explaining this very well but then that can that can just make you sit a bit more naturally in that kind of like um, valgus or knock knees or whatever you want to call it um so yeah that that it can come obviously from the hip down as well um oh, that's right i mean gets some... that
0: Q angle that that, that is and, and then with, yeah. with i think when i was at uni i was doing like loads of like biomechanics shit um change of direction and jumping all that sort of stuff and was looking at like acl injuries and there was more the, the prevalence more in females in like drop jumps and anything like that or where they've got a land just because heard the, as well. yeah just because the actual the, the knee the cue angle
1: yeah yeah and then therefore the valgus as well yeah 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 so it's again it's not these things it's not the foot arch that's the problem it's not the cue angle that's a problem as such it's a knock-on effect onto the knees and then I suppose that the actual Valgus itself, or not Knees, the, the issue with that is it causes a lot of compression at the other side of the knee if you can imagine how that looks if you know what the bones look like if you can imagine how that looks on the lateral aspect of the knee we're getting a lot of compressive force there um, between the, the condyles there um or from the condyle onto the tibial plateau should I say um, I'm trying to keep this in more simplistic terms from the, the bottom of the femur onto the top of the, the the lower leg bone essentially you're getting a lot more compressive force there than, than you would usually experience um, and then add on like whatever load you're using there whether it's a lot a lot of load in the hack squat, whether it's a lot of load in the pendulum squat, whatever it is, um, you know that's just a recipe for niggles. So I mean, essentially, with my
0: niggle, that's getting where getting you can minute, I... sort of like cause bone spurs, osteophytes, things like that. When it's bone and bone, and there's a lot of forces going on against each other, that the articulating surface, then that's where that can happen. And then you might find, oh, I've got a fucking lump in me. This, that, and the other, and then that's literally just the bone spur off all the wear and tear.
1: Yeah. I think um, I, when I explain this to clients, I just say it's like, um, you know, when you go into like a cave or something and there's been a drip for hundreds of millions of years, it starts creating stone, essentially kind of the same thing force force creates that kind of reaction so um yeah that can definitely happen in the human body too but it's not going to happen the first time you do it if you do it once you'll be all right but it's like that repetitive thing if it keeps happening time and time again under more and more load that's when that's when you're going to potentially start to see issues but Mm. suppose with injuries as well like some people are unfortunate and the first time they do something like that they might actually get a pain and get an injury or you could do it the, the rest of your life and just get away with. It. Some people just get away with it as well.
0: That's it. I mean, it's like when you're walking as well. If you're walking with a load of knee valgus, I and mean, potentially that can cause an issue because of, I have people who just sign up with me. They've not done anything in the gym or anything like running or any sport. As so like, I've got really bad knee pain, and then I look at the wear on the trainers, and it's always on the inside of the foot where they've been walking. So do you know, it's literally been like pronating inwards. So I was like, "That's why." So we start looking at the gait cycle of the walking and try and do something with that
1: it's an interesting thought that actually um something i actually don't really think about that often it's like looking at the shoe. I mean I've heard that before, I've definitely looked at that before, but it's kind of one of those things like goes in your goes in your head and then you forget about it again. Um so it's definitely something worth looking at. But that's the idea with the vivo's as well is to make you more aware of that like you they've got like not much of a soul. Um and then you get you, you're a bit more aware of like I I'm quite aware I, I kinda of walk on my heels quite a lot. I don't like my, my big toe doesn't make much contact with the ground. So I'm then consciously making more of an effort with that. And like don't get me wrong, over time that might be getting better. But the reason I was kind of not bashing them but I was a little bit um in terms of my leg training I think that lack of support is adding to the breakdown of that arch mm. which is then adding to the, the valgus that I'm experiencing later in a set so to be be honest um we'll move into what I've been doing to try and mitigate that um but yeah like you know that's just that's just one example of a niggle or injury, and the thing is, sometimes you can't you don't notice these things until it's too late. And I'm starting to get that niggle now. I'm like, ah, fuck, this is it. But um, it is a niggle. We'll keep it a niggle for now, and we'll we'll try not let it turn into an actual injury. But I suppose if you're training fairly hard consistently, there there's going to be wear and tear, isn't
0: there? Yeah, definitely. Um, if you train hard but stupidly, there's definitely going to be wear and tear. And by that, I mean your starts and stops in a movement. So if you're going at the pace and bouncing out the bottom of a the squat, then you fucking bet your ass that you're going to get some knee issues. <laughs> Eventually.
1: Anyway, it's, but again, like I said, like some people will get away with this shit for so long. It's, it's like smoking. You could smoke you know, 20, 40 fags a day for the rest of your life and you might be all right. But I might do it for the next five years, and I might end up dying. Yeah. you know what I mean. It's like some people get away with it, others don't. That's it.
0: And you don't, you don't want to have that risk do you? There's no need to give me. No, that no risk. I wouldn't take the risk. So if you, I'm want to, not going to start smoking the fact. That's it. I mean, if you want to train for a long time, if you want to get around with no pain, just make sure that you're controlling the movements because the faster we're going into the bottom of a squat, the more force we're going to have to come up with at our joints to get out of it. So we're actually dealing with more than what's on the bar. So you need to pay attention to how fast you're actually moving when you're performing an exercise with everything, not just a squat. In
1: terms of of resistance profile as well, obviously a squat's a lot harder at the bottom than it is at the top, but you're multiplying that when you come down with speed. You're uh, totally multiplying that. But um, something that's interesting, seeing the, the Body Academy, the hammer strength leg press is against the wall, right? people obviously pile a lot of weight on that and then they do exactly what you're saying like kind of dive bomb it down to the bottom and then they must re-rack it like really hard as well because the leg press starts to come away from the, a wall middle of the room to the point where, yeah you can walk you can walk around the leg press and this this leg press is holding like 400 odd kilos of weight on it as well it's got all the plates on it too and you're like fuck me like you must be battering that down and it must be happening time and time again if if it's moving away from the wall like that. But don't get me wrong, when you've got a client and then you're um, loading it up, it's actually quite handy when you walk behind it. But anyway.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so that's literally the, the starts and the stops. And then ex- exceeding your range as well. That could be a potential reason. If you say it's more, it's more when it comes down to the hips. I mean, if you test someone's knee flexion and see how much you can, they can bend the knee, because I always go to the hip and the ankle first. Just to make sure with a a knee, they can tend to get quite a lot. But for some, potentially, I've I've never really seen any limitations in the knee,
1: you know that? I've never really seen many limitations in the knee. I've had a
0: couple of clients, but I've always checked it because from what they gave me in the consultation form. I mean, if someone's got like a ligament or an ACL issue, a meniscus issue, anything like that, then one of my clients can't get to like full flexion with the pretty much, you know, the uh the calf against the hamstring or whatever you want to call that. So the, that was an issue and then she couldn't really get to full extension either on, on the right leg, but on the left leg it's totally fine. She got like a lot of flexion and a lot of extension. Yeah. But that just comes down to having the um the ACL in repair done. And she took that that was I think they took a hamstring as well from that leg and put it into a knee. Yes. Oh.
1: I've got the exact same situation with my client. Just exactly what you said there, same um, on one leg, it's fine. On the other leg, it's not. And um, the exact same thing. It came from the hamstring on the same leg. So like, it always seems a bit counterintuitive to to me that. But I mean, obviously, I'm not a surgeon and they are going to know better than me. But at the same time, it's like you're taking away from the hamstring to, to aid the ACL, but the hamstring's obviously backing up that ACL. So you've then injured mm-hmm. the thing that backs up that, yeah, exactly. um, that ligament there. So it seems a bit backwards. So yeah, you can't take a it a from unfair, other places. When
0: you think about it that's a good one to think about.
1: It is. Yeah, cuz you can't take it from other places cuz um there's there's a guy um comes into body academy Yanis. He he had his done and they took it from his tibialis. Right. So you can't take it from there. Well, that's interesting. So I mean yeah, well I can't I can't remember exactly what he said to me, but he's he's squatted a lot of ways. Like he does like powerlifting and he squatted something like like 360 or something like that. And um, he's obviously wanting to get back to that and they advised him that was a better way. To get back to it it's a longer recovery but that's a better way to you know get a stronger recovery essentially i might be mincing a little bit what he said to me but something along those lines ah,
0: cool interesting
1: yeah but uh, it, it, different surgeons are going to have different like preferences and sometimes sometimes the surgeon as well might be saying ah, it's easier for me to go into this hamstring than it is to go into that tibialis
0: yeah it's making their life easier um what else what do you reckon with injuries well
1: well, going back to like what I was saying about my my like little niggle at the minute. Let's talk about like what measures I'm actually taking to to try and offset that. So first of all, <laughs> trying to get a bit more range in, in dorsiflexion, just in case. I don't think that is a problem, but i'm doing my calf exercise first so that i'm like kind of almost force myself into a passive range and you know you know yourself you get a bit more range when you do that a bit more active kind of range there um so i've been trying to do that you you could potentially do it the other way where you actually contract like your tibialis you could do that um but i'm just kind of doing it by letting myself get forced into dorsiflexion um another thing i've i've done is i've I've started banding the hack squat again, um, just obviously for for the sake of it taking some of the load at the bottom and then obviously reducing the, the overall force in the knees at the bottom. Um and obviously just making sure I'm not dive bombing anything. I wouldn't do that anyway. Um and then putting for me putting the hack squat later in the program too. So when I done legs uh, yesterday, I actually started with a leg extension. I was like, fuck me, I'm getting old now. <laughs> Starting my leg extension. Um and then i moved on to the i've done the hammer strength leg press so not like the the way that i do it i don't get a massive like kind of moment after the knee so it's not a massive kind of quad exercise so fact, that's what i, I, I do similar was like
0: with my knees i always do like press first before something like hack squat or pendulum where there's a lot of knee flexion
1: yeah yeah, and then that was it, onto the hack squat after that, which are then banded, um, and that's that's obviously limited, well, the, the band isn't limiting the load I can use, but, like, you know, doing the leg press and the leg extension first, is going to limit the load that I need to use on the hack squat to get to the same level of, like, kind of fatigue, so that's the thinking there. Um, so that's kind of what I've been doing to mitigate that, as well as, obviously, just simply focusing a bit more weight on the outside of my feet. That's going to make a big difference there.
0: That's it. I was going to say, that's probably one of the biggest ones. So if I've got a client who's got a lot of knee valgus and there's no issue really at the hip or the knee or the ankle then I just look at where they're actually applying uh, the weight on the feet so if their weight yeah. is on the medial arch then chances are it's going to start collapsing inwards and we're going to get that valgus but we start saying i always say around about 70 percent of the pressure apply that towards the outside i'm not saying make sure like your foot goes up like that on its side just gradually onto the outside <laughs> of the floor. That becomes another problem. And then that's just going to stop those knees coming inwards or hopefully help with that.
1: Yeah, it becomes a bit of a challenge, though, to keep in that position, I must admit. But then, anyway, that's um, that's a good way of kind of mitigating the risk there too. Is there anything else that I've not mentioned that you would that you would think? I mean,
0: I'm just thinking what I do with clients. So if a client had – and we are talking about a knee pain um, – I've got a client for it. So John's got um, an knee pain. We're still yet to figure out what it is. I think it is a tendinopathy, Um Or I, I don't think it's a meniscus issue, but it with load at, at a certain range. So it's like in the mid-range. It's not a full extension of the knee. It's not like at full flexion. It's in that mid-range where it is. And I'm, I'm thinking it's um, a tendonopathy with patella tendon. So what I do is...
1: Here's the, here's the thing with um, meniscus, that's why we mentioned
0: that. Um you're, I
1: suppose if it was something meniscus wise, you'd probably notice that if, so I've got I've got a client that did have a men- meniscal tear and I remember her saying to me, if she wears flat shoes with not much sole, she feels it a hell of a lot more because of that can kind of impact and the meniscus meniscus is going to help kind of absorb some of that impact, isn't it? So yeah. like you like if it's something like that, that might be a sign, that's something to think about um, but w- with all this stuff it's hard to, it's really hard to pinpoint like, oh that's exactly what it is, here's what we'll do, it's like it's more of a educated guess, and what I always say to clients is like when whenever you've got physios or whenever you go got a doctor or something to see people about that kind of stuff, if they tell you something, it's like well ask them how how they came to that conclusion. Don't like let someone just say this is what it is. Just randomly. That's it. Physios, um,
0: physio terrorists, more like. And I love that name for. <laughs> it. Just because they end up coming away with all these exercises, they get a big like thing off the internet. They're they printed off the sheets or whatever. They download it off the software, and they give the same thing to everyone. What is it? Oh, um you've got Oscar Slatters. Right here is this the same? Uh You've got something like a banded extension of the chair. You've got clamshells. um, You've got back pain. Right, cool. Bandit extension on the chair. clamshell. <laughs> it's all the fucking same. The M- all the NHS
1: same. On What's that? Is this, a, is this NHS vessels you're on about? Or like private ones?
0: Oh, just in general. I mean, the, the, not all of them, but most of them.
1: Yeah, I notice NHS stuff like... I've 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 had a couple of sheets from clients that have been like NHS physios have given them like these exercises, and like you say, exactly the same. Yeah, exactly. What the same. I, I've also had them.
0: Um, I had um, the so dumbbell I mean, rotation thing where there, I was like, you know, that's not doing much rotation, <laughs> like. um Yeah, uh, no it's, uh, it's not really doing much infraspinatus at all, and was like oh, right. I was like, what, uh, why? I was like, well, the the weight's going down. So your biceps getting a really strong isometric to it, but you're just going through a motion there. I was like, oh, right. But I'm moving through. I was like, yeah, it's not going to work.
1: I've had, um, I've had physios in the past as well. Like you've had clients that have actually had serious injuries and that where I've emailed the physio to say, right, I'm the PT that's working with this guy. Um, can you just give me an update on where they are? And they fucking ignore me. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, they, We're trying to help this guy out and you get that.
0: Yeah, the shocking. And then I had a physio say to one of my clients, don't do leg extensions. I was like, all right, why? It was like, is it told you why? Went, oh yeah, he said there's no cold contraction I was like, well, what? <laughs> it's it's your ham- your hamstrings they? are gonna literally that's the opposing thing? You gotta look at the um say if someone's really limited in the leg in the leg extension at the top, what might be causing that, like the passive reason from the hamstring. Potentially. So it's definitely yeah. contracted the tension there. There's definitely tension there to stay the knee.
1: Especially if you've got like a leg extension where you sit like up at 90 degrees as well.
0: Yeah. So they're, they're clueless. Absolutely yeah. clueless. Don't go to a physio. <laughs> That's the takeaway from the video. There's
1: gotta be good There's gotta be good ones out there to be fair. But there's, um, a, there's a really good I guy who, who
0: there's, a, there's a guy who I know, he's an osteopath. Um he's called Chris Knott, he's like really good.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard of him actually. Yeah, he seems seems like he knows his shit. Um but yeah, I suppose at the end of the day with injuries and that when when you go to get like a, a unless it's like something that you can either see in an X ray or there's a way of testing it, you're only getting someone's best guess. Yeah, aren't
0: you? It's just you know what you do like if a client comes to you like have an issue, there's like a list of potential reasons and then what can we do about it and then just make sure you're not gonna make it yeah. worse or cause any other issues.
1: Yeah. Our job is to respect it more than fix it. Fixing it is certainly not our job. It. And if
0: it does fix, then we can do some shit. See what happens. We've not. That's not going to cause an issue. And then if it does get better, fucking hell, there we go, brilliant.
1: It's, it's something like it, it interests me. If someone comes in and they're like, "Oh, my shoulder's sore today," like I'm like, "Oh." what's going on, like, you know, what, what's what been happening, let's see if we can dive into this a little bit but you've got to watch, like, if you're PT and someone, or even if you're, like, someone's online coach, you've got to watch that it doesn't take over, like, that session, it's like that session then becomes, like, rehab for them, because that's not really what they've hired you for that's not yeah, the job, exactly. I mean, I, don't get me wrong some people will appreciate that, but, like you've got to not let it take yeah, over Yeah, I
0: think it's just working around that issue, and then say, if you was doing, like, a dumbbell shoulder press, you'd turn that into something like a 60 70 degree in climb reverse banded Smith or something like that you know so it's going to take up the load or yeah that's just an idea that,
1: that's where our job is that's where our job is it's making those adaptations that allows this person to continue to work towards the goal that they're trying to achieve that's it. not fix it or oh, you
0: can say what's um yeah. what's been the issue what's caused it or oh, I had someone last night where he slipped on the ice because it's been snowing again down here and uh, he really hurt his calf and we, we couldn't do leg press or the hack squat that like he wanted to what he, was, what he was on the plan to do so we just had to work around it we could only do like leg extension and leg curls and he couldn't squat
1: just had to get up just had to just had to ditch the session couldn't do couldn't do the hack squat it's like fuck yeah. it, It's not worth it he <laughs> it
0: just <it's> literally <laughs> it's couldn't do it though so I was like and If it <laughs> fell over and it was through that it wasn't just randomly so I thought you know what we just Don't
1: do it today. Yeah. I think a big thing with injuries as well is like once you've had an injury, no matter how serious, like say, for instance, a lot of people get like, I don't know, like sciatic nerve pain or something like that um lower back pain sciatic nerve pain something like that right once someone's had that it's that fear association with those Mm. exercises that they feel is going to cause it that can be a bigger issue yeah mentally i I
0: mean like i was when i was doing that low back pain course it's like the cbt thing most of the time they've recovered from it but it's in the head and it's like neurologically they they just think it's still going there. there's something there still the, the awareness of avoiding that pain or It's like a placebo, something. So that's why they can't get back to what they was doing.
1: I think as well, like, so let's say, for example, I don't know. Let's say if you've had lower back pain and you're like, fuck, I don't want to do an RDL or, you know, something like that. Avoiding that position And then avoiding working those muscles, they're going to get weak in that position. Mm -hmm. So that's actually just going to make things worse over time, isn't it? That's it, it,
0: definitely. So you do need to, like, contract it. There's there's stages, isn't there? Say, so if you've had, like, a disc injury or something like that around your spine, you start off with just to get all those muscles firing again, like low-level isometrics, then work up, like, the actual intensity of the isometrics, then you can start working on things like the uh, concentrics eccentrics together, and then working that range, the isotonic shit.
1: just finding out where they're at and meeting them where they're at, and then taking them from there rather than just like, okay, straight back in doing like a heavy RDL or something. That's um, where, like, yeah, it definitely.
0: Of this industry, that's where most people go wrong. There was like, oh, you've got an injury, have you? Um, uh, just let me know if it's really bad. Then we'll just um, yeah, we'll do something else. But yeah, let, let, let's do this. Let's keep doing this. And I was like, or well, like when someone comes to me, it depends someone's had a, like a really really stressful day, and we've got RDLs on the cards and the heavy ones, like a six and ten rep up, um, and they've got the, 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 like doing like two hundred kilograms or something like that. So there's a, a lot for them. I wouldn't go for that rep range or I'd leave a few in the tank just because it's so demanding. And if you're stressed, there's more potential chance of causing an injury
1: yeah you've just got to make that judgment call though um and i think like with what you're saying like sometimes you can some uh, people say oh you know if it's sore let me know we'll just do the usual stuff sometimes to be fair i think clients can be drama queens and like like say for example they're like oh my elbow's sore but actually you had them do overhead cable tricep extensions for the first time the other night and maybe it's actually just a tricep that they're feeling yeah. a bit burning but like to them they've never felt that before so you've got to make the judgment call between. Is this actually, you know, something that's potentially dangerous for them, or is it actually just they've got a lot of muscle Again, soreness? It's it's,
0: it's figuring that out it's a hard call. low back one, so I did some back extensions with a client, and I only did one set because it was the first time doing them, and I thought, you know, we're going to get a little bit of DOM. so it's that tolerance thing, making sure we're not overdoing it. Um starting off at a reasonable level. So the next day the messenger was thinking, Oh, I I, pull, I think I pulled my back yesterday in the session. And I was like, Well, did you feel it immediately when you did anything in the session yesterday? I went, Oh no, no. And then I was like, Well, I don't think you pulled your back. When, went, Oh, but it it's hurting. I was like, Well, what's it like? I was like, Is there any sharp pains or anything? It's like, Oh, there's not any sharp pains and I was like, It's DOMS. Everyone, loads of people with a low back, I was yeah. like, I pulled it, I've done something to it. I was like, You've not, it's just DOMs around your rectus You've not felt that before. When you've not pulled your back, you've got muscles there. Uh... Yeah, I mean, you know about it if it's a bad pain. Like, DOMs are
1: just like, it's just like pumped yeah, up feeling, pumped isn't up it? But, like, to someone
0: who's yeah, it's, a, it's a weird feeling, isn't it? It's the pumped up sort of restricting. Yeah feeling it's a bit tender ish but if it is like a, a made like a big problem it's going to be something like a sharp shooting sort of pain in your spine isn't it if it's you've injured some disc or nerves around it what about um what about clicking uh, i get that a lot from clients
1: like oh my elbows clicking on this exercise and my knees clicking on this the, exercise what the majority
0: of that? time it's fine if there's no pain
1: yeah yeah that's, that's kind of what I, I go by as well. But it's something I've tried to explore a bit more, and I can't really seem to get the answers I'm looking yeah. for on it. Like, I just seem to get a lot of different answers and no solid answers. Like, people, I've heard from people, it's like, um, like tendons like clicking over like joints and things like that which seems far-fetched but like in terms of how it sounds if you know what i mean i don't imagine it would sound like that but i mean it could it's be air pockets um, and the, other people the air pockets and
0: joints. yeah
1: the air pockets so i think that. i
0: looked i looked at it, yeah. five i can't remember all the five we've got two of them then there's five potential reasons why your joints might click and one of them's the issue which might cause like a problem so there's the over four times it's not an issue to be worried about but that's the the last one that there could be an issue, and I can't remember what it is off the top of my head why they might be paying. Yeah, something I'd
1: need to do a bit more research into as well. But, like, yeah, clicking accompanied by pain. That's, that's, like, oh, that's the problem. If it's
0: right clicking now. and paying, then you need to
1: think, mm, there's something going on there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, listen to your client and make the best judgment call, is what I would say there. But that's the stuff we've been looking into recently, the joint forces stuff. That's going to be very, very useful with this kind of stuff as well. but it's like last night and um, we were on that call yesterday at two o'clock and then like i went and trained clients after that and all i'm thinking in my head is joint forces and i'm watching them do the exercise and like it's one thing doing it in a snapshot online but the minute they're moving i'm like fuck it's like trying the to same thing because obviously it changes all the time you did the
0: same thing in the gym And yeah. i was like fuck i was like what is going on here i just want to like i was looking at it and then i got lost in the session and I, I, like looking at that thought. fucking hell should be training this guy <laughs> just, yeah. so you need to be careful with
1: that shit. Well, yeah, yeah definitely but i suppose it's like all the stuff that you're learning it's your time to apply that and, and put that into practice as well so it's good to look at that but yeah don't let it take over obviously but um yeah when, when someone's moving it's just like you could do it, it was like stop there for a minute i'm going to think about what kind of what kind of joint force this is um but yeah, I mean, like it's it's definitely going to be useful. It's something you could then take in, like, okay, we've got an injury. This is bothering them. You you can go away and think about that. Then you can then you know drag up pictures or like um, the way Michael presented it with the skeleton doing the exercise was a really cool way of looking yeah. at that as well. Um, something I might do. I've got a wee skeleton in the in a PT studio. So I think the way um, if, yeah something I can we're looking together. to what
0: Michael teaches that stuff because if someone else taught us. It would be so fucking confusing, and Michael's literally the best person to learn off in terms of exercise mechanics, bar mechanics. Is, is uh, yeah, is well, best in the UK, and he's just yeah, you can't. There's no one better than him at teaching. Yeah, definitely.
1: Stuff. I think we said it. Um, well, you said it to me the other day. It's like we've both been reading a bit through joint structure and function. It's like that textbook. Had we not done any learning previous to that, would make absolutely no. Oh, fucking nothing. Sense. But then
0: we can start like picking it apart thinking oh this isn't quite right it's like just because something's in a book doesn't mean it's right and then from these courses and all the stuff i've learned it's taught us how to actually think so reading through things like chain mechanics yeah. and open and closed chains and it was like when i was reading joint structure and function like the second edition is really really it's a really good book but there's a few things that are a bit off it's probably one of the best books that um i've got to learn this stuff from but the, the open and open and closed chain stuff is a bit off. So it just says even learning shit at Unit, half the lecturers don't have an idea about physics and anatomy. When I went to uni, I had no clue. So when I was saying things like, I was still learning. So this is when I first got into like the RTS stuff. I was saying things like strength profile, resistance profile. I was like, oh, I don't like that term. I was like, what? I don't know. I was like, you don't know. I sort of explained what it was or what I got told what it was at the time. And it's just still been under understand the whole thing and the clueless. And I had that conversation with Michael. I was like, oh, when I was at uni, they just didn't get this shit. And I was like, oh, yeah, because he's done a master's. So they just ignored him and let him do his work, didn't they? So. He, he just cracked on because he was going to, because that's what he did, he did a master's in biomechanics, didn't he? So it's so, in terms of like yeah. university and the research and stuff, it's all, they don't understand anatomy and physics and how it's all applied.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's good to, good to have that healthy kind of questioning of yeah. everything as well in the sense of like, you know, I've read this, that doesn't make it a fact. Can I think about this now? And does exactly. that actually make sense? And then does it apply to what I'm trying exactly. to Exactly. I, I think
0: this is where it can like lead us onto teams, where if you read something by someone who you like, think, right, it's got to be true. And if someone says otherwise, then that's it. I'm not listening to them. That's joining their team. You're on their team. but It's all like camps thinking, right, this... I said it the moment we posted, but then, this bodybuilder said that. This bodybuilder said this. It was like, don't do that. Don't do this. It's just so fucking childish. Just make a decision for yourself. Collect all the information, not just from the one source. Have a review it all. See what people say. Literally... Re- reference read go on the internet do courses and then just make your own decisions was, and then apply it
1: i was talking to someone about this other day as well because he asked me about something he'd seen on social media this guy in the gym and i said anyone that talks in absolutes you kind of need to watch out for absolutes because there, there, there is no absolutes but at the same time I do appreciate on social media how it's hard to make a post without talking in absolutes to some degree. Because I've put stuff up in the past that's like maybe this, potentially that, and like people are not yeah. interested. So you kinda you almost to have to have fast
0: attention. Some sort of quick so yeah, what like, you need to do, throw an absolute yeah. statement straight out there, but then back it up with the stuff that you're gonna put in the post. So if you've got people's yeah. attention. And then that's what I've done with some of my posts, and you've done it yourself with the V-bar posts. And it's funny the actual like comedic things about like posting about yeah. the V handle. People getting triggered about it, saying oh, "Fuck it, look at that handle." But again, that's a bit childish. It's just a piece of metal at the end I of the day. S- I got some abuse about sumo deadlifts other well. Oh God, we need to block those people. Um... <laughs> <laughs> They're banned from my gym if, when I get one. The, the thing is, <laughs> sumo deadlifts are they good for growing muscle? Potentially not. Not the best. There's other things that could be better for options. doing like powerlifting yeah. or competing in an event that has a sumo deadlift then yeah definitely you need to do that or you enjoy doing them so that's another reason but if you want to grow muscle if you're not attached yeah. to any exercises there's probably other things that are better to do I'm not saying it's a bad thing but there's different options that we can explore to get better results
1: But everyone's talking from their point of view so i'm saying i'm not a fan of sumo deadlifts I'm not a powerlifter. If I was a powerlifter, it might exactly. be very different. But I'm thinking from, from the view of, like, I use a deadlift to grow my arse, grow my hamstrings, grow my erectors, you know, things like that. I use a deadlift for that, right? I, I would not use a sumo deadlift in place of that, not at all. Um, I genuinely don't enjoy doing the exercise either. Um, and I think we talked about this before. Sumo deadlift is mostly a quad exercise, which it, most people. So like,
0: we broke that down with Michael, <laughs> and then again, uni fucking you cunt lecturers. This is uh, this is at you again. So hopefully <laughs> they won't be listening to this, but I fucking wish they would. Um, when the first year, it was like, right, what does a sumo deadlift bias? And I'm like, oh, it's quads. And it was like, no, it's adductors. It's like, yeah, they're getting into a greater length, but they're not actually being biased. So when we broke it down with Michael. Is when your feet are pushing out, that like ground's pushing back in it you, yeah. And as well you've got that weight on the bar you've got to push well lift up. So the floor literally the floor's push you're pushing with the floor and then you're pushing outwards away at the floor. The friction's going back and then that puts a big resultant to your knee, which means your quad's are gonna be working more. And that's why I assume our biases the quads probably more than anything else. De- dependent on the person, but most cases it the quads and then at and unit right, the the because it, oh sensation and all that sort of shit idiots the word the word to highlight
1: there is bias as well not works yeah. bias we've got it to keep that anything. in mind it's like there, there's no yeah there's no exercise that just works yeah. one muscle r- if, regardless if of what people correct, say
0: yeah biasing not isolating biasing yeah.
1: I fucking love an isolation I was exercise. Like, oh
0: yeah, not that you gotta <laughs> hold yourself into it. Make sure your body stays still, and then yeah, it's just the one joint moving. Brought- but you gotta use all your abs and your other shit muscles just to keep you in place.
1: During a bicep curl, I actually just kind of lie in a pile on the floor, just like almost like liquid, like, and just let my bicep do the work because oh, actually, like forearm doesn't work. Either. <laughs> yeah, just a pile of mush. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I did have something interesting to say there, and I actually totally lost my train of thought there. The but, it up um, how did we How did we? How did we even get into that? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but the the V handle thing as well. Like, come on, I mean, if you've got a V handle. Or if you've got a shoulder width bar, the shoulder width bar is going to give you that little bit more shoulder extension, that little bit more, um, or shorter lat. I I just can't see any possible reason to use well, it's the narrow it. it's, it's not exactly a fun into,
0: into. It depends on the person how big they are. I mean, if is, is it a slightly yeah. small woman the and then the then she's got the v. literally the shoulder width of the V bar, and it's pretty cool for her. But for literally ninety five percent of the population it's not a good option because it pulls you into a lot of internal rotators meaning that we're trying to work a lot of external rotation it's challenging that when we are rowing. so yeah there you have it
1: and that's not what most people are do, doing a row to aim to do and again if they were trying to work those muscles there's better ways of doing it so like it's one of those things if you you enjoy using it you've you know had decent enough results with it then perfect um but like to me like in my head once i see it and I see that as like a better option. I'm like, well, I'm trying to maximize my physique, so I'm going to use the better option. That's always going to be my train of thought. But at the end of the day, like, how much difference do you think that makes? And I'm going on air saying this now as well after all my hair. So is, is in
0: like the actual using the V bar towards anything else?
1: Yeah, to like build a physique. Like, if you're going V bar versus like slightly wider grip handle, how much difference
0: do you think yeah, it's going to make? I'm just going to give you a really, really fucking annoying answer for who? <laughs> it, it exactly that's who it is i mean like i said if it's a slender fucking woman using that compared to a wider handle all day you use the v-bar but it just depends these these are the answers what's the scenario who's the person what's the goal i don't think i don't think there's anyone
1: out there that's six
0: inches wide maybe midget midgets <laughs> you, oh no you're, i was calling midgets Sorry. What, what are i don't you called?
1: know <laughs> I sure don't... People. I really think my daughter, Grace, who's two years old, I don't think she's even that narrow at the shoulders. You know that? Yeah, it's the fact.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no one's going to be that narrow. But, um, like, again, if if you're a physique athlete, if you're doing bodybuilding, your goal is to maximise your physique and and make the most out of it. And if, if you're not being as efficient as you possibly can in the gym, then... In my opinion, you're wasting time. But if you're someone that's just in the gym to enjoy themselves for a bit of fitness, then yeah, use whatever you want. Enjoy yourself. There oh, go are. crazy. Let's
0: wrap it up with that. So hopefully, <laughs> I haven't offended anyone or Connor hasn't either by saying V-handle or midgets. So that's it, <laughs> let me just get that in, uh get the last one in there. Cream
1: of rice, the most overrated fucking thing in the industry. Over-hyped
0: I like it. it. It digests well and tastes nice.
1: <laughs> so does fucking cereal and at least it's fortified for yeah, fitness it's, it's probably got, got better meals, fucking it, nutrition yeah. and and calcium yeah. and water, whatever the fuck's <laughs> but um, you know
0: you know with
1: cream of rice <laughs> you know with cream of rice you can go to Asda or Tesco and buy yeah, it's wit- rice flour was wit- which is one, the same it's thing horrible, for fact, like Sam. two pound a kilo just add your protein it's powder it'll be fine. before <laughs> <laughs> anyway we'll we'll wrap our debate up at that um we were just talking before this about a new Facebook group we're going to set up um which is kind of aimed at anyone that just wants to learn a bit more about training nutrition so it's going to be a free facebook group that we're going to set up we we've, we've not quite got it up and running yet we're going to get a bit of content ready for it but Basically, if, if you're interested in learning more about anything training, anything nutrition, um, and basically a place you can come in, ask us questions, or or just have a discussion about stuff like it doesn't need to be. It's not so much that we're we're going to lead this group we this you know it's our explorations as well we're going to share what we're studying and what we are looking at right now as well so um if anyone is interested in that kind of thing and would be interested in joining just send either me or james a message on um, instagram we'll add you to the list and as soon as it's up and running we'll get you in there um and then obviously we are going to plug some of our stuff as well Um, head over to um leave our minds james's instagram we're both um we both have spaces left for our a uh, photo shoot program that's starting in 10 days time will look like you left and if you want some free stuff we've got a free guide to getting ripped this year so go over and download that that's all the plugs for today guys but um yeah if um anyone's got any questions based on anything as well feel free cheers to give guys a shout.